It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Well, it's very good to be with you in this new year. It feels new still, doesn't it? I think January, you still feel you're in the new year. And it feels like January, not because just because it's getting really hot. It's like finally summer is here and you try to get parking at the beach. It's really difficult. But Australian, Australian Open is on and that always makes us feel like, oh, it's January, whether you're into tennis or not. But it does bring back some great family memories when the kids were younger, would go down south, you know, Dunsborough or somewhere like that. And the routine when the kids were young, we'll go to Millup Beach, somewhere very safe, go to the bakery, get some lunch, go home and the kids would do their thing. And for Karen and myself, we would watch the Australian Open. Of course, you know, going right back, you had the Williams sisters dominating. You had the whole epic battle between Federer and Nadal. It was just, so watching a little bit of Australian Open, it just feels, oh, this is January. And I was at the beach yesterday and it was very busy and all the car bays are filled and it's like, it's a new year. And I love the, the title of this series. And you, you could have launched it in August, but it would have felt a bit weird. But it just feels right in January, a new you. And so I just want us to unpack just a little bit about the, the whole thing of new, because there's, depending on the context, it could mean different things. So I, I've been preaching, obviously, from the Word of God, but also from this iPad. And in 2017, this was new. But like a lot of new things, it soon becomes old. And so maybe one day I might get a new iPad, and I would imagine with a new iPad, It'll have small features. It's probably going to be lighter and thinner. The battery life might be a bit longer and all these other things. So new means better and improve. It's more than just a little bit of cosmetic surgery or a few little tweaks, something brand new. So when we talk about a new you, it's, it's radical. It's transformational. And I think God must be into things that are new. Because as Mark was saying briefly, that you you know, go from Genesis to Revelation and God talks about a new song. Isn't it great that we're singing new songs? Now, I like the songs that we sang in the 80s and the 90s and what have you, but I do like the idea that there are always new songs. You know, the, the love of God isn't so exhausted as a topic that all the songs have been sung. There is a new song waiting to be written about the love of God. It's like a new song... God speaks about a new wine, but we're going to pour the new wine not in an old wineskin. We're going to put it into new wineskin. There is a new covenant and a new commandment in this new covenant. We, we have a new name. Our names are now written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which is pretty awesome. And God is creating a new heaven and a new earth with a new Jerusalem, which I don't quite understand how that works out, what happens with the old earth. And, but, but God is saying in Revelation, behold, I am making everything new. Now, God is God. He can't improve. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we need, I think it's a wonderful thing. It's a positive message that there is 
more. There's more to experience. There's more to discover. That there's uh, more interaction. That there is more of the work of God in our lives. And and so this whole thing of new is good. And a lot of us can remember when we became a new creation. We experienced a new birth. We became followers of Jesus. And that's not going to change. We'll always be followers of Jesus. That sense of salvation is secure. But how many of us know that over time our experience of God can go away from that? Everything is new. Church life is new. Connect group is new. Worship is new. Preaching, everything, everything is new. But over time, for those of us who have been following Jesus for a long time, things become familiar a little bit predictable, a bit tired, prayer gets a little harder, we feel we're going through the, the motions. Hence, I think it's a great time to launch a series called A New You. This is not going to be 2022 repeat with a few tweaks. Before us is a brand new you, a new experience, new things that God is doing in our lives and in our city. Now, my particular subtitle of A New You is Integration. I've got to be honest. It took me a while to... Integration. What, 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 what? There are many ways that integration can take place. So integration is basically a process or in, in the kingdom of God, a move of God in which the many are brought together to be whole, to be one, to be integrated. I mean, our bodies are integrated. There are many systems and parts, but by, by the grace of God, it's all integrated. It's all connected. So what is happening in our gut can affect what's happening in our brain. What's happening in our brain can impact our gut, which impacts our nervous system and every other system. Everything is integrated. When we got saved, we came to this church and it's like, we're all individuals, and I know Mark and other leaders are thinking, we don't want you just to come here, we want you to be integrated, to be assimilated, to engage in the life of Elevate Church. So what I'm going to speak about this morning is the idea of the new you and the work of integration, the move of the Holy Spirit, is for us to be integrated with our past, our present, and our future. Because it's quite, it'd be very difficult for God to do a new you if we're still stuck in the past. If there's still resentment and regret and shame and everything like that, it's like, well, God wants to do a, a work in the new you by going into the past and doing a work of healing. Some of us, we're living in the present, but it's always, oh, it'd be so much better when I win lotto. It'd be so much better when I get married. It'd be so much better when the kids move out of home. And it's, it's rather than being wholly present in the here and now and enjoying the presence of God in the here and now. We're sort of, we're not integrated. And then for some people, the future, it's just anxious. It's just, oh, COVID stats, what's happening to Ukraine and Russia and all these other things, all these sports people imploding. It's just like, oh, what's going to happen with my kids? What if my kids get into drugs? And, what? and it's just Integration. What the Holy Spirit wants to do today and throughout this year is do a work of integration with what's happened in the past, what God is doing here and now, 
and the future. And the way we're going to do that this morning, the way that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal this, what does integration look like concerning past, present, and future, is looking at a person in the Bible that's rather similar to last week's uh, person who was Zacchaeus. We're looking at Matthew. Matthew is a disciple of Jesus, but before he was a disciple of Jesus, he had a past. We're going to learn about Matthew. We could learn about Matthew in Matthew's gospel, but I thought, let's look at it from Mark's perspective. So Mark chapter 2, verse 13. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. Let me just stop here. Some people call it the Sea of Galilee. It is technically a lake. And Jesus, at this point, is doing a work in Capernaum, which is his ministry base, and that's on the northwest side of this lake. So Jesus spends a lot of time ministering and teaching. So once again, as he's been doing for quite some time now, went beside the lake, a large crowd came to him. Jesus is still very, very popular. People are curious, and he began to teach them. He didn't just have a chat. It's like, I've got a crowd. I'm now going to teach about the kingdom. As he walked along, so sometimes when Jesus was teaching, he was stationary, and other times he would start walking. And the crowd would think, well, it's getting hard to hear him. I guess we've got to follow. So the crowd started following Jesus, and he's walking. I mean, that'd be great one time, Mark. Just go for a walk. And we'll follow, and you just teach us going all around Rivervale. That'd, that'd be different. So here is Jesus. He's, he's got a crowd following him, and they notice this. And he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus. He sees a crowd, but in the crowd, he sees one person, Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. It's like a tollway. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. Now, I don't know about you, many of us probably took a little bit more convincing to follow Jesus. I mean, this is amazing. This guy, we're going to talk more about what does it mean to be a tax collector. Follow me. Oh, okay. It's like, you know, where are you going and who are you? And it's just, follow me, and he followed. So we're going to look at, in a moment, that's his past. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, now this is the present, Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him, Jesus, and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, there's that term again, tax collectors, sinners, people outside who, who can't obey. They're, they're not able to obey the law of Moses, and they're certainly not able to obey all the other bylaws the Pharisees have created. And so they asked the disciples, why does Jesus eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, to the Pharisees, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. If I was to rewrite this, I would say, Jesus said, I have not come to call the self-righteous, Pharisees, righteous on your own terms, your own efforts, I'm called to people like Levi, people who are spiritually curious, who are living in this, this sense of spiritual poverty, that the system isn't working, religion isn't working, religion has rejected them, 
Judaism has a shelf life and Jesus saying, I'm here to do something new. So let's look at the, the life of Matthew. So the first thing we're going to look at is, this is how Matthew experiences this new you, this integration, because Jesus came to redeem the past. As Jesus walked along, he saw Levi sitting at the tax collector's booth, and Jesus says to him, follow me. Can I just make it clear? I'm sure Mark would have made it clear last week, but just in case... People like Zacchaeus and Levi, who later becomes Matthew, it's not the equivalent of the Australian tax office. Uh, so any people who work for the ATO, you're not in this category. This is completely different, and here is the reason why. These tax collectors like Zacchaeus and Levi, they're collecting taxes not for the Jewish government, but for the Roman Empire, who has... You know, they're the world power. And so once again, God's people are in captivity. They're under, you know, a world power. You know, it was the Egyptians, the Babylonians. Now it's the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire want money from their subjects to train more soldiers and build more weapons so they can expand their empire. And so here are God's people giving taxes to the Roman Empire and the likes of Zacchaeus and Levi are working on behalf of the enemy. Levi has been sleeping with the enemy. He's got this tax booth, which is almost like, uh, he was almost like a customs officer receiving taxes for imports and exports. I imagine he did that and then had a side hustle where he would also go from door to door in Capernaum, Jesus' ministry base, and he would, on behalf of the Roman Empire, say, so, uh, it's tax time. And he would probably think, add a 1% or a 2% for me. Roman Empire doesn't mind. So long as I get their percentage, you can charge whatever you want. So you can imagine, if you're a Jew and you're looking at the like of Zacchaeus and Levi, they're working on behalf of this evil empire and you're giving money. They were traitors. Levi was a national traitor, traitor and traitor. And because he was constantly dealing with people from all over the ancient world, according to a lot of Jewish leaders, you're in contact with people who are not Jews. The fact that you're a traitor and ceremonially unclean, you can't come to church. You can't come to the temple. We don't want you in this synagogue you're an outsider. You're a Jew, but you're an imposter. You're a traitor. You can't have what we have. <laughs> that was his past. But notice, Jesus, knowing who he was, just says to him, follow me. Follow me. Not improve your life, stop doing what you're doing. It's just where you are right now, follow me as you are but I'm not going to leave you as you are. I'm going to change you. I'm going to give you a new name. In fact, in biblical times, names, you know, I'm Rob, and used to be Robert, but there was no significance. Biblical times, names talked a lot about a person's identity and destiny. So isn't it interesting in the Bible, Abram became Abraham. Uh, Jacob became Israel. 
Simon became Peter. Saul became Paul. Levi became Matthew because Jesus wanted Matthew to know, I'm giving you a new name. Matthew means a gift of God. That's how God sees you. So what we learn from Matthew is he's not stuck in his past. There must have been a time he had to do a deep work, maybe with Jesus himself about his past, all of his guilt and his shame. There was no doubt repentance, but his past was the past. I don't think Jesus ever introduced Matthew as, oh, this is Matthew, one of my disciples. He used to be a tax collector. It's like, no, that's, that's old. That's gone. That's, you know, he's been forgiven. But here's the area, one area where Jesus redeemed his past. Okay. So you're, you were a tax collector. You were highly organized, very skillful in bookkeeping. You could practice ancient shorthand. You could talk a number of languages, including Greek, the international trade language. That's skills from your past. That is actually going to make you a very good writer in the future because Matthew eventually is going to write the first book of the New Testament that we have, the very first gospel biography. And so Jesus said, okay, here is your past. I know it's dark, but I'm going to redeem your skill set and I'm going to bring it into your present and into your future. Ah. Oh. So you can imagine Levi, people say, oh, you're a tax collector. I was. I'm now a follower of Jesus. And I want, I am, I'm sorry. I am sincerely sorry and repentant for the way that I betrayed you. you know, it, it's, but I'm not going to talk about the past. It's, it's been redeemed. 2019, having experienced over 10 years of dealing with a an anxiety disorder with panic attacks, dozens every day, and living with the shame of, of doing all of this as a pastor, God said, Rob, why don't you allow me to turn your pain into a platform? Write a book about your mental health struggles, your battle with shame, and how over time the shame got off you. So as I look at my past, for the first time, I can look at my past and it's not toxic. It's, I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. I can talk about my story. Well, some of it, there's still some little private areas that I'm not quite ready to disclose. But there's a sense of, there's an integration now. God is doing this new work in this new Rob simply because finally the past has not only been forgiven, it's been redeemed. And I can look back on the past, I can see the mercy of God and the faithfulness of God. I can see my family, my church, my friends. I can see God was in all of that. And there is now gratitude and thanksgiving, even about the painful stuff. So we don't ignore the past. We don't deny it. We don't dwell in it. We can't change the past, but we can change the damaging impact of our past. And so what today is about is inviting Jesus to come on that journey in those areas, those dark areas of the past where we need to forgive, we need to let go, 
we need to accept. But there's a time in which we can also move and embrace the present. We embrace the present. Verse 15 of Mark chapter 2 is about what was happening for Levi in the present. So Jesus having a dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners eating with him, many were following Jesus. So here is this former tax collector. He's experienced this redemption of the past. So what am I going to do in the present? What am I going to do today? I'm going to invite Jesus. I'm going to invite Jesus to my house, but not just to have one-on-one. I'm going to bring some people from the past and bring them into the present. I'm not going to burn my Pink Floyd albums. I'm not going to burn, you know, Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. I mean, some of us did that. And, and certainly in the 70s, 80s, it was a big thing. You had to burn the past. You had to burn the records. And there are a number of Christians today in baby boomers who still regret the day. They, they, I... <laughs> but isn't it great that Matthew didn't think, oh, I'm, here's a new Matthew. I've got to cut those people out of my life. Now, I'm going to bring those people into the present that they too may encounter Jesus, that they see Jesus as I see Jesus. More importantly, Jesus sees them as he saw me. So I got this impression when Matthew changed, he really changed. The Matthew who was with his tax collector sinner friends, was the same Matthew who's with the other disciples, who was the same Matthew who now goes to the temple, to the synagogue. Part of this integration was, I know who I am in Christ, and why be different? Why be this chameleon who's one person in church, a different person at home, a different person at the gym? And I think that's sometimes the challenge for us. If we want to experience this new you, we have to become more integrated with our friends, our friends from the past, our friends, our family today, that there is this integration. I am the same person. It was funny. It was two days ago. I'm at City Beach. I'm there a few times a week having a, a few waves. And a guy who I know really well said, Rob, I love you. Now, I, I just want to be very clear. That, that, that doesn't happen very often. I, I thankfully don't have a lot of men with a broke crush. So in front of all my friends, Rob, I love you. And he said, I just finished, re-, he didn't have the book, I just finished reading your book. And he, he swam to me and gave me a hug. And I think what he likes and what my friends like is the Rob you see here, look, I'm not perfect. I think you know that by now. I've been here long enough to <laughs> blow my cover. But it's more or less the same Rob that's at home that's at the cafe, that's at the beach, that's visiting people who are part of the NDIS that I'm working for now. It's taken me a long time just to be comfortable, to be in my skin. I'm a follower of Jesus. Sometimes you've got to explain that to people. In fact, I had another friend two days ago. It was a big day two days ago. And I'm walking past and, and this guy says, hey, Rob, come over here. I'm talking about you. And so he's talking about me to his two friends. He said, I told them that you're religious. I thought you, you want to tell them about what you're into. Oh. See, if I say I'm a Christian, what, what, so uh, look, by the grace of God, we had a conversation. It was, it was good, but it, was really, it put me on the spot. But I didn't apologize. I made it very clear. My life is about Jesus. And then at the end, one of the guys, what pastors? Yeah, I'm not into religion. And that's fine, because 
to be honest, neither am I. I'm not, in, I'm not into religion. I'm not into all these man-made, you know, Pharisee-type rules and regulations, wherein they're out. I, I, I don't like that. I, but I really love Jesus. I think part of integration is today is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is a new day. It's not a repeat of yesterday. And some of you are going, amen, because yesterday was not a good day. Maybe today is so far so good. (laughs) But this idea of this mindfulness, this awareness that God is wholly present right here, right now. Today matters. There are things happening today that may not make a lot of sense at the moment, but the, the Lord is at work. He's doing a work of renewal right here, right now. What is God saying to you today? What is God doing in you and your family, at your work, in your neighborhood today? Matthew loved today because he he was aware of his past And it's by grace that he's now a disciple of Jesus. And I'm sure for Matthew, gift of God, every day was a gift. Embrace the present. Anticipate the future. We know about our past. We're here in the present. So how do we integrate with the future? Well, again, we go back to Matthew. We know he's had a party. But we know how the story ends. He doesn't. He's having a a meal with Jesus. But we know in time, Jesus is going to have a night of prayer in the mountain. And he's going to come down from that mountain. There's going to be dozens of people. And he's going to call out the names of 12 men that the Father has revealed through a night of prayer. And one of them will be Levi, Matthew. We know that. Matthew doesn't. In time, Matthew's going to see blind eyes open, he's going to see people who have deaf, they're going to be hearing, people who were oppressed by demonic realm, he's going to see them liberated, he's going to see Jesus walk on water, he's going to see Jesus feed a crowd, he's going to hear the most amazing preaching ever, the Sermon on the Mount, the parables, he's going to see it all, he's going to see the risen Jesus, he's going to see Jesus ascend to the heavens, he's going to be in the upper room in Jerusalem with the other disciples, followers of Jesus, he's going to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, he's going to be empowered He's going to start praising God in a language he's never learnt, but others recognise. He's going to minister all over the ancient world. He's going to preach the gospel. And we know one day he's going to write a gospel, a biography. I can imagine Matthew embraced today but he anticipated the future because he realised it's not, it's not so much about what's happening in the world. The Roman Empire could still be around in 100 years. That's not the issue. I know I can anticipate a positive future because Jesus is there in the future. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And so here is the key for Matthew about his future. We know around about 70 AD, thereabouts, His biography was written and distributed. We know that. 
We know about 300 years further on, a, a group of early church fathers are going to work through all of these different biographies and letters and will eventually compile 27 books that make up the New Testament. And they, believing they're led by the Holy Spirit, are going to believe, we're going to start with Matthew. Matthew is going to be the bridge from the Old Testament into the New Testament. And how did that future happen? By his habits every day. Every day, embracing every day, watching Jesus, learning from Jesus, asking questions, talking to people, and just starting to write things down. Maybe a journal, maybe just at night, just going to write a few things Jesus said. Hey, John, when you're up in that mountain, I know I wasn't divided, it was just you, Peter, and James, but what happened? Tell me about it. And, you know, writing and writing. He wasn't aware that what he was doing every day, as he's embracing every day, will actually impact his future. I don't know what's going to happen in the Ukraine and Russia. I don't know if there's going to be another strain of COVID, but I do know, I do know how the story ends. I still remember the time Jake said, Dad, I'm going to watch the West Coast Eagles. I'm going to the MCG for the grand final against Collingwood. Wow, Jake, that's a lot of money. Who are you going with? He mentioned a friend and there he was. I'm watching it on TV. Jake is at the MCG. Any West Coast supporters, you'll know the first quarter was a disaster. And it's just like, oh, we're going to be absolutely flogged it. Oh, Jake, and I sent a text, how are you going? He said, oh, my God, this is terrible. And second quarter doesn't get much better. But something sort of happened near the end of the second quarter. I was like, ooh, ooh, this hope. Third quarter, this arm wrestle. It's like, oh, the Eagles are back in the game. And fourth quarter, the last few minutes, and oh, he can't kick that goal. Not from that angle, not from that dis. He kicked the goal. Now they've just got to, they got the lead, they've just got to keep the lead. And the siren goes, the Eagles win. Jake has watched that grand final probably about 20 times. He knows the commentary word for word. And what he loves about it, he still gets nervous. He knows how it finishes. He knows the West Coast Eagles win, though it looks like they're defeated in the first quarter. So it is for us. The new you, we don't know the future. We don't know the details. But we do know Jesus is there in the future. And the church and the kingdom of God, we're going to win. We're going to see the kingdom of God come here in all of its fullness. So today, if you don't mind, can we stand together? Stand together if you're comfortable, if you're able. And I just want to pray a very short prayer over us. That the Holy Spirit will continue to do this work of renewal, this new you, this new us, this new way of perhaps doing church, a new way of um, social justice, a new way of impacting our community. There are going to be new experiences for all of us. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you for this community of faith, we thank you for the new people who will be coming in 2023. We thank you for the salvations, for the baptisms. We pray that you will do a deep work of renewal in us. This move of integration. You bring healing to the past. And we are grateful for the past.
we embrace the present. You are wholly present with us right here, right now. And as we embrace the present, we anticipate the coming of your kingdom in all of its fullness. The whole earth filled with your glory and we are part of it. Integrate us with time, with each other, with our city. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.